Welcome into 20th and Blake here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. I am your host, Drew Creaseman. And as always, I'm excited to be talking Colorado Rockies baseball with you here on the show. And we've got some news, some news that even really should excite Rockies fans for the remainder of the season, which is wild and not something that I thought that they were necessarily inclined to do. But here they done did a a fun and interesting thing, and I'm going to dive deep into it. They would, of course, go on to celebrate with a really well-played baseball game and and a quality win over Atlanta on the road. But I'll dive into the the on-the-field stuff when we've got time for a series wrap-up and can look at a couple of games. Let's get big into these transactions. Michael Tolia up, Sean Bouchard up, Winton Bernard and Sam Hilliard down. I'm going to go player by player and discuss, you know, why I think this transaction at this time, what they have to offer, basically where they're at at this point of their career, right? So let's begin with the big one, the one that most people should know about and should be really excited about, and that's Michael Tolia. Tolia is 24 years old. He is a left-handed throwing first baseman slash occasionally outfielder, mostly right fielder now, who stands at six foot five, weighing in at 226, and he's probably even put on a little bit more muscle since the last time that weight was taken. But he's a big boy. He's a very big boy. Now, while we're still on the physical profile, we already have to get into a little bit of baseball analysis because it is... I think the first time in my career, and remember this is the 10th year I've been covering the Colorado Rockies. This is the first time I've covered a prospect where I don't just run through, you know, bats left, throws left, bats right, throws right, bats left, throws right, whatever, right? <clears throat> and then those of you who know, know where I'm going with this. Michael Tolley is a switch hitter. It's, it's an art that has almost completely died out it's incredibly rare these days to find switch hitters and really over the last 10 to 20 years rarer still to find switch hitters who are power guys right so it's the last one I could think of that was a prospect that I followed and this was before I was covering the team was Dexter Fowler right I I, I, I can't remember the last time I've followed a Rockies prospect who was a switch hitter And so that's just a really interesting part of his profile. And I'm curious to see and to talk to him about, you know, what that's like and and doing it in an age where it's really uncommon. And how do you get coaching on that? And and how do you approach things? And and how are the bats at bats different and, and all of that? But so big power hitting first baseman with the unique switch hitting attribute there. That's just the basic setup, right? He was ranked 14th in MLB Pipeline's most recent update of the Colorado Rockies system. He'd been a a top 10 guy before. Rockies had a lot of talent injected, uh, according to the experts, in this most recent draft. And so Tolia got pushed back a little bit behind those guys to 14th. But the Rockies system, as we've talked about recently, also took a massive jump, according to Pipeline, to the ninth best system in baseball. So that makes Michael Tolia at 14, you know, a bit more intriguing than you might think. Go, oh, he's not a top 
five or even a top ten guy. He's He's been one of those before. In fact, he played in the Futures game last year at Coors Field, hit a big home run, and the Rockies have been high on this guy for a very long time. In fact, this is another thing that's pretty rare and unusual. They drafted him twice. Most of you know the, of course, a lot of times someone will get drafted in like the 30th round out of high school and they'll choose instead to go to college, see if they can improve their draft position, get a better contract, all of those things. And Tolia did exactly that. It just happened to be the case that the Rockies were the team that drafted him both times because they really liked his skill set and they continue to really like his skill set. And you can see why. So let's get into what he has done so far throughout his minor league career. He has been an above average hitter according to the WRC plus stat, right, where 100 is league average and anything above is by a matter of percentage points. You know, if he's at 102, which he was in 2021 uh, in double A for a short period of time over 41 games, that's his low mark, 102 or roughly 2% better than league average, right? That's how that works. And so he began in 2019 at low A and put up a 142. He hit nine home runs in 41 games and drove in 26. Next year uh, was his beginning. Uh, the first half of the season I was talking about a minute ago in 2021. At age 22, he played 74 games of high A ball, hit 74, uh, sorry, 74, 17 home runs, uh, 66 ribbies, a 111 WRC plus, right? So 142, then 111. An above league average hitter so far, doing doing very well. Gets his call up to double A in the middle of that season. That's when he has his one rougher bit. Hits 217 pretty low, but does on base 331. That's one thing he's always had is that above 330 on base percentage. He uh, The walk rate has been above average. I'm going to get into walking and striking out here in just a minute, but let, let's try to stick on just the WRC plus, the, the overall stuff for Tolia. So... Uh, that year, while again hitting 217, still slugging 406 for that second half in Double A, 102 WRC plus. But he wasn't tearing it up, and so the Rockies at the beginning of this year send him back to Double A, age 23, and he he goes he, absolutely fantastic season. He started really poorly actually, and then he kind of went off. He started out he was striking out a lot. He didn't get off to a good start this year of of this campaign that we are still currently in, but. After 97 games, it really pulled up his numbers. The 234 average still low, but again, 330 on base. That seems to be where he just kind of sticks. And the 466 slugging. He hit 23 home runs and drove in 66 uh, over 97 games. And again, that was after his first 20 were hardly any of that production came from. So really, really great as of late. And that's why the Rockies, of course, bumped him up to AAA where he has been in fuego. Hence the call-up to Major League Baseball. In 17 games played at the AAA level, at 75 plate appearances, he hit seven home runs, seven homers in 17 games. So Michael Tolia's had a 30 home run season right now. Uh, you know, obviously across two levels and and in the minors, but yeah, and and he's not even close to 162 games played, a 30 home run season. Um, but yeah, so seven homers in AAA. Uh, 17 ribbies in 17 games. Uh, again, the walk and strikeout stuff are consistent. I'm going to get into that in a minute. But he was hitting 333 on basing 413, slugging 758. They figure, yeah, the guy's a hot bat. It's a 177 WRC plus. Uh, so again, never a below league average WRC plus for this guy. Not once in his career in the minors. 
So the the hope is that he is going to be a big power guy. You know, the the raw power fan graphs has him ranked at 60. He hits big, long home runs and a lot of raw power in there. You just hope the hit tool plays enough that you know, it, it, it'll matter that he has all that power, right? We've seen that a little bit with Sam Hilliard as well, one of the guys sent down, and, and we'll talk about him a little bit at the end. But the idea, you know, behind that strikeout walk thing is is really interesting. So he he is that guy where the, the strikeout rate, very high, but so is the walk rate. And that's one thing that Hilliard never had, as long as we're drawing that comparison. So let's do just his walk rate over the years that I just gave you, right? Over each level, 15.9%, very high. 12.7%, very high. 13.6, 12.1, and 12% in, in AAA. So he's been in double digits walk percent. In fact, he's been over 12% walk rate every year of his career. He's got a very, very good eye, a very good sense for the strike zone. He really is one of these guys who looks for that mistake pitch or looks for the pitch that's in the zone that he knows he can handle, and he tries to hit it out of the ballpark, and that creates some holes in the swing, but it also creates for some pretty impressive fireworks when he does get a hold of it. You know, the K percentage, 25, 27, 30, 30, and then 29.3, so 30. So he's been a 30% strikeout rate guy pretty consistently over the last couple of years. Now, of course, you can look to the best case scenario strikeout guys in Major League Baseball and say Aaron Judge has been among the lead leaders in strikeouts every year for four or five years. And he is again this year while putting up ridiculous numbers, right? Joey Gallo, we've had plenty to say and talk about and and that's been a really interesting question right but a guy who has made quite a career on being able to draw his walks being able to hit his home runs and yeah the strikeouts are there but the advanced metrics still tell us that he's been for the most part a very valuable hitter and there's that kind of avenue potentially for Tolia here right so while I understand that there's a lot of people who look at a 30% strikeout rate and go well that's just absolutely ridiculous first of all it's less ridiculous than it used to there's 35 i think uh maybe 36 guys in in major league baseball who have higher strikeout percentages than that uh it's become more common this is a philosophical debate we can always get back into and three true outcomes baseball and don't you wish some guys would put the ball in play more yeah y'all know i love those the jose iglesias and jonathan daza and Raimal Tapia. i love that type of player right but if a guy's six foot five 230 and hit from both sides of the plate and and can take a yard anywhere you know maybe you want him to lean into that and and it's just always been a part of the game that you know, if you hit for a lot of power, you're going to strike out a lot. So would we all like him to figure out a way to strike out less? Sure. But can he be a very successful and productive Major League Baseball player if these numbers just basically translate where he's walking at 12%, striking out at 30%, but slugging around, you know, 500? Yeah, there are lots of guys who've made that profile work for them, especially... When you add in 
this extra element, which is that he is projected to be an exceptionally good first baseman. Now, this one's always a really interesting argument to get into, and there are lots of different schools of thought on this. And as far as the numbers are concerned, being an excellent defensive first baseman doesn't really matter. I I have a hard time buying into that, right? So, so for example, when you go and look at Todd Helton's career numbers and his baseball reference pages and his wins above replacement and all of that, you're not going to find in there any boosts for being a good defender. You will find that he doesn't get, you know, detracted. So, for example, like Ryan Howard during his career was a very poor defender and that hurt his wins above replacement. So the fact that Helton was a good defender means that it, you know, that part of his game didn't devalue his overall numbers or his overall production even. But we still don't have a way for measuring, much like with catcher, some of the most important things that a first baseman does. The biggest one being digging balls out of the dirt and, and being a vacuum cleaner over there. And some studies have been done on this, and I've had back and forth with People like my, my friend Dan Zimborski, who was on the show earlier in the year, and some of these metrics guys who tell you it just, there's no statistical evidence that suggests that a really great digger of baseballs at first makes that big of a difference over the course of a season than a guy who's not that good at it. Um, just in talking to ball players and the way it affects like their mentality of what they'll even throw to first base. I just don't think that that's true. I think that having an exceptional defensive first baseman, uh, I, I've often compared it to basketball in that we often we don't always think about rebounding as a part of defense, but it's the last thing you have to do, right? You have to make them miss the shot or you could steal the ball or whatever, right? But then you have to get possession of the ball. And so you can have all these remarkable defenders on the floor, but if you can't get a rebound, it doesn't really matter. Right, And so first base defense for me is like getting the rebound. You have to, if you've got these great defensive infielders, Brendan Rodgers has really turned into something special at second. We know what Ryan McMahon is capable of, even though he had a really weird start to the year. and In a way, still a down year, but still look at his numbers off the charts with this guy defensively over at third. Uh, you know, And then they've got this interesting future at shortstop with potentially Ezekiel Tovar taking over there. And being, uh, you know, he's always been an, a defensive wizard. And he's going to be a young ball player who, who's probably going to want to try to make every single play and, and do all the wild things. So having a guy who was already a defensive stud at first and a player who, by the way, Todd Helton has basically spent the entire year working with. And, and some have even said, I think Helton has even basically said, like, yeah, it was kind of brought in specifically to work with Tolia and get all this footwork around the bag and all the digging the balls out of the dirt and, of course, the hitting and stuff as well. And so I think that part of it's going to matter. And I think when you when you add it all up, the Rockies have a really, really intriguing potential first baseman of the future here. He may never turn into the, the star player that some of his abilities suggest he could potentially be. You know, you cut down the strikeouts a little bit, you add a little to the contact tool, and all of a sudden you've got a guy who can be an elite defender and an elite power hitter. And, and so that make, that's a star player, right? Uh, but again, if, if if we don't run too far too fast with it, if we sort of, if you will, embrace what he doesn't do along with what he does and say, okay, you know, 
if down the line you're still looking at a guy who maybe he's not anchoring your lineup, but batting sixth or seventh in a lineup that features guys like Chris Bryant and Ezekiel Tovar and Elijeros Montero maybe more in the middle of that lineup and and now Tolia is serving as protection for them, batting sixth or seventh as a guy who, yeah, is going to strike out a lot and go through his slumps. But he's also going to have his times where he gets hot. And he's somebody that every pitcher is going to have to fear that you, you can't make a mistake. And you, you, he's probably not going to get himself out. And so, so let's do this part real quick because we've had a lot of Sam Hilliard conversations. And I think everyone around here is rooting for Sam, right? But that's... I, th- I think going to be the big difference. And Tully obviously is going to need to prove that he can do that at the big league level. But Sam has unfortunately had a tendency to get himself out, to to swing wildly at stuff out of the zone uh, more often than not, to get him in, himself into upside-down counts, uh, you know. And, and so his high strikeout rate compared, uh, I'm sorry, paired with an oftentimes pretty low walk right now he did better at it this year but he's also just now not making the contact and everything is is sort of out of whack for Sam unfortunately and I and I hope he gets some more opportunities uh, you know somewhere hopefully here and 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 you never know it could always click for a guy like that um you know he's 28 so he's really not a, a young young guy anymore but he's not out of his prime his physical prime by any means and, and it could still click for him but you know, there he was never a top prospect, and it was amazing that he got to the big leagues and managed to do some pretty fun and interesting things over over some time there. But oh man, boy, does he have a a natural skill set as well. But I, I do think that this is one of the reasons why. You know, so people asking about the other part of this, Winton Bernard, right? So one thing to keep in mind with Winton Bernard is that being sent down isn't a punishment, right? It's not like, oh, you weren't playing well enough, you get sent down. Sometimes it is. So I mean, not literally, like sometimes it is, but it isn't always that, right? You know, and and I saw some people trying to say, but he was he was playing so well. And I was like, he was playing admirably. He was, he was hanging in there. You know, he's got his base hits, uh, had a couple of stolen bases early on, uh, scored some runs. You know, uh, but there have been a few things, some few fundamental things that have been shaky. Uh, a couple of things he's done defensively. Uh, you know, I think he's got a lot of talent and ability to probably be a great defensive center fielder. Uh, but there were some shaky moments out there, uh, some approach things. There's a lot of nuance, and, and you have to be more about process at this point. All of that said, I actually. Uh, think this has more to do, probably, uh, and this is one of those things that isn't often talked about in, in the media or among fans or whatever, uh, with getting certain guys uh, paid a little bit. Uh, oftentimes, you know, different times of the year and different amounts of days on the roster and all of this stuff. Uh, but when you get called up, you get paid. And uh, I do think that Winton Bernard is going to be back very, very soon. As soon as the rosters expand, he's going to be one of those guys who's going to be around. Uh, so, you know, I think this is more about just getting a little bit of extra time for these other guys. It's not really a punishment for Bernard. You know, it, 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 Tolia, though, and Bouchard also need their playing time. And like Winton Bernard, Sean Bouchard... 
And you could even, you know, say Sam Hilliard. The, none of these guys were top 30 prospects for the road. Like Sam Hilliard after a fashion. Like after a while, he was doing so well in the minors. He had to be. But these guys had never been considered top prospects, right? And that doesn't mean that they can't pan out. They absolutely can, and they need their opportunities to, to try to do so. And when they're that hot in AAA, you bring them up, you give them a chance, you give them a few days on the big league roster to ride the big league jet and, and make the big league check for a few days. And so, you know, I think that's more what's going on there with the outfielders. I saw a lot of people kind of really upset about the Wenton Bernard thing. And I get that it's been a really fun story and I want to see him play more too. And there's potential there, but you know, we can't get carried away over really small sample size stuff for guys who've never been prospects who are having a great year. And again, I bring up names like Joshua Fuentes and anyone old enough to remember Kyle Parker and you know, there, it's great when all of that happens, but there is a process and a nuance to what you've got to be able to do at the big league level. And right now, I think the Rockies are rightfully just getting looks at these guys. You know, particularly by these guys, I mean Bouchard, Bouchard and Bernard. It's going to be an interesting. Sean Bouchard and Winton Bernard. You know, you, you got to get looks at them. You got to get, and if they come back and they're really hot again next year, then then you start looking very seriously at, you know, can they fit into the big league level? But there's a lot more for them to prove, and that's fair. As much as it may. I get when fans and media want to just run with the fun story or the guy who's hitting well and go, hey, he should play forever. But, um, yeah, it, it's just not quite that simple. Tolia, on the other hand, has enough pedigree, has enough on the resume, has enough stock there that he should be getting as much playing time as is humanly possible down the stretch. And, you know, I think it, it's possible the Rockies have themselves something really interesting here. And it's wild that they're actually doing it now and, and going to give fans the opportunity to have something to look forward to. You know, I still hope they call up Tovar. I would love to see that, though I don't think it's that likely. Or, or maybe it'll be a little bit later or they'll call him up and not play him a ton. Uh, and he's very, very young. I get it. Tovar is still a, a, a child compared to most of these guys. But, yeah, th this Tolia thing is going to be a lot of fun. And, you know, if, if his working with Todd Helton and sort of raw natural ability here play out, the Rockies do have their first baseman of the future. Even if it's, you know, not until... 2024 because he's going to have to go through the growing pains of being a rookie next year or even if it's as soon as next year and CJ Crone becomes your DH or you trade Crone in the offseason or whatever there's a lot of different opportunities there for figuring out that problem but first Tolia's got to prove he can play and and this is one of the things 
where I, I oftentimes differ with the consensus when people talk about log jams. Like, do the Rockies have a log jam at first base? Right now, the Rockies have precisely one proven major league first baseman, okay? C.J. Crone. And he's been in a bit of a slump lately, but C.J. Crone is a proven major league first baseman. He's an okay defender and a very good hitter. That's who C.J. Crone is, and we know that, and we, we have years of data to show us that's who he's been, and so he's probably going to continue to be for another year or two before he'll probably start to the decline. Montero? Tolia? Love these guys. They're the most exciting things about watching the Rockies right now, and if they pan out, absolutely you have to make way for those guys. But you don't make way for them before they've done anything. You don't start shipping out guys like Crone. You don't build your future, in my opinion, around guys who haven't done a thing yet. Right? You gotta you gotta see it a little bit. And the Rockies have an opportunity, being so far out of it here, to do that. See them a little bit. Go into next year with a better feel for how Tolia is going to handle Major League Baseball. And if he really knocks your socks off, then sure, start thinking about some trades and stuff. But if it looks like it's going to take him a year to fully develop into it, then you're going to need Crone and him working together, learning from each other, taking that time. And, and like I said, with the DH... In the National League, which is something that I think a, a lot of NL fans just still, myself included, just have to get used to a little bit. With the, this idea that there are log jams at certain positions, but the DH changes that dynamic quite a bit. So there are things that you can do. But right now I want to see Michael Tolia playing first base as often as humanly possible. Every day, you know. Something to watch. So those are my thoughts on uh, the moves so far. Uh, we talked about some of the other you know, guys in a, in a little more depth. I did Bouchard the first time he was called up. He got a couple of games in. And, you know, interesting profile. Uh, again, never a guy I've been super high on throughout the minor league system. But sometimes those guys pop and surprise you and become pretty good to maybe even very good Major League Baseball players. It it does happen. But right now, I'm definitely going to be hyper fixated on the six foot five switch hitting first baseman with exceptional defensive tools and extraordinary raw power. That's something to dream on a little bit. And, you know, it's funny. He's just another example of in a lot of these arguments and back and forth, uh, I've been asked, how is there any hope for the future? What even is there coming down the pipe? How, how can this team even possibly get any better? And I have many, many times in that conversation mentioned Tolia, and he's oftentimes been hand-waved or dismissed, or of course people go right to the strikeout percentage or say, well, that's just one guy or whatever. And, and all of that is fluff. Right now, he's going to play. Now, we get to just see what he does instead of any of us acting like we know what's going to happen. Let's watch and find out together. 
Thank you so much for listening in to this episode of the Mile High Sports Podcast Network. Uh, 20th and Blake is, of course, the name of the show. But here on the Mile High Sports Podcast Network, make sure you're checking out all the other shows and you're checking out all the written content at milehighsports.com. Listen to the radio. You know my guys, uh, Anilo Piro and Cody Rourke, doing their evening drive show now, 4 to 6. So you got to check them out on uh, Mile High Radio and all that stuff. Uh, it's been an absolute blast and pleasure here being on that team and so uh, and going on that show and chatting with those guys. So really appreciate the crew here at Mile High Sports. Uh, and I appreciate all you for listening and continuing to be absolutely awesome out there. You know that I will continue to be absolutely Drew Creaseman in here. And until next time, I will see you at the ballpark. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.